take one. We call this one, how can the appraisal be confidential to the client? The borrower is reading it to me over the phone. Hi everybody, this is Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. I'm here to help you today with a question on confidentiality. This is one that came in to me. Here, here's the question. I'm confused about what USPAP says about confidentiality. How can an appraisal report be confidential between the client and me when the borrower is reading from that report to me over the phone? I mean, my client gave the borrower a copy of the appraisal. How can it be confidential to the client when the client is giving the report out to the borrower who can then give it to anybody the borrower wants to? What are the ethics of confidentiality? Okay, let's uh, answer that. USPAP's ethics rule has a confidentiality component, which makes it clear that, quote, the appraiser must protect the confidential nature of the appraisal-client relationship. Nevertheless, USPAP does not define this relationship, nor does that document describe its boundaries, examine its limits, tell us if and where it ever ends, and so forth. However, there is no mirror requirement in the confidentiality rule because it doesn't apply to the client. It applies solely to the appraiser. In the above question, the client did not give the borrower a copy of the appraisal since the client did not have a copy of the appraisal. Rather, the client gave the borrower a copy of the appraisal report, which is what the client ordered, paid for, and therefore can put to any purpose it chooses your warnings in the intended use section of the report notwithstanding. Indeed, that's exactly why you include those warnings. Now, this ability on the client's part shows the plenipotentiary powers of the client since USPAP governs only appraisers, and the appraiser maintains the work file, in other words, the appraisal, not the client. That's why the borrower called you. The borrower did not understand how or why you developed your value opinion, the details of which are in the appraisal, in other words, the work file, but which you merely summarized in the report. Since the buyer reimbursed the client for the cost of the appraisal, the buyer merely assumes it belongs to him or her. We appraisers, however, know better. Nevertheless, you did not perform the appraisal nor write the appraisal report for the borrower. It's the client's appraisal report, not the borrower's, even if the client gives a copy of, the, of it to the borrower. So the fact the borrower does not understand what it is that you, the appraiser, did or did not do to arrive at a credible value opinion and then communicate it non-misleadingly is not your problem. We're all familiar with Fannie Mae's certification number 23, the infamous one. Let me quote, The borrower, another lender at the request of the borrower, the mortgagee or its successors and assigns, mortgage insurers, government-sponsored enterprises, and other secondary market participants may rely on this appraisal report as part of any mortgage financing transactions that involve any one or more of these parties. And that's right from the Fannie Mae Selling Guide. It's also written right in the Fannie Mae 1004 form. It's certificate number, or excuse me, certification number 23. So it binds us. Basically what it says is anybody with a functioning kidney can rely on the appraisal. That statement means the appraiser must maintain confidentiality, but it doesn't apply to the client 
since this statement does not apply to any lender, borrower, or so forth, who has a copy of the appraisal report. This is despite the fact the appraiser, via listing the clients and intended users within the report, specifically delimits the appraiser's intended use of the appraisal in a report, and thereby specifically tries to limit his or her responsibility solely to the client who engaged the appraiser and the intended users, the appraiser, in consultation with the client, specifically delineates. This attempt to limit liability is why the appraiser cannot talk with or even write to whoever ends up with a copy of the appraisal report, except when the client says that's perfectly okay. When the appraiser complies with the confidentiality section of the ethics rule, this silence protects the appraiser, even though the borrower may be reading the appraisal report to the appraiser over the phone, and even though this rationale of the reasons for appraiser's silence carries no water with borrowers. This protection stems from the appraiser's clear attempt to maintain as privileged the relationship he or she has with the client. On the other hand, if the appraiser communicates with the borrower, or any other non-client party for that matter, without the client's permission, the appraiser is essentially saying, Hello, I'm abandoning the privilege I have with my client to whom I am responsible. Since I've given up that privilege by communicating to or with parties without my client's permission, I'm also abandoning the position that I am solely responsible to my client. Therefore, I'm also abandoning the protection it offers me. Therefore, I agree that I am now equally liable to any non-client party with whom I communicate. By abandoning that privileged responsibility, I also thereby accept the position of being ethically and financially responsible to other parties as well. I accept this responsibility despite the fact I know nothing about these other parties, don't know or understand the appraisal needs and wants of those parties, have never agreed to perform an assignment for those parties, and agree to provide this service for free since the other parties have not agreed to pay me for my time, efforts, experience, education, risks, and so forth. Does that make a lot of sense? That's why we don't talk to anybody but the client and whoever the client authorizes. Look at your E&O insurance. It will likely not cover you other than to your original client if you give up confidential data, a violation of USPAP, and therefore likely a violation of state law too. To give up confidential data, thus the protection of the confidentiality section of the ethics rule, is not an error. It's your clear choice, which is why it's unethical rather than merely an error or, or an omission. Your E&O covers errors and omissions, not poor choices, made anyway in the harsh, bright light of USPAP's admonition not to break confidentiality. Let's sum up. The appraiser accepts the benefits of the appraiser-client privilege, as well as the appraiser-client responsibilities. When the appraiser accepts an appraisal assignment, since that relationship serves to protect the appraiser, too. Part of the terms of that appraisal assignment is one of confidentiality to the client, which includes not speaking to any other party for any reason, under any circumstances, short of a subpoena, about the value and valuation opinion and conclusions of the assignment without the client's specific permission to do so.
USPAP mandates this appraiser-client relationship, but has no vehicle by which to enforce it against the client. Therefore, even if the client abandons the privilege, the appraiser cannot abandon it except under a lawful court order. Neither USPAP nor state law has a provision whereby the client, or the appraiser, will suffer sanctions if the client abandons the privilege. If the appraiser abandons that privilege without the client's permission, the appraiser then also extends, at no extra fee, his or her responsibility and liability to those parties with whom the appraiser communicates. This means these other parties can demand from the appraiser compensation if the appraiser's lack of actions or actions harms the parties to whom the appraiser extended this responsibility by breaking confidentiality. And, finally, the appraiser protects him or herself in the long run by strictly observing the appraiser-client privilege as the confidentiality section of the ethics rule sets forth. Let's reiterate this issue of choice once more so it's clear. To give up confidentiality requires the appraiser to make a conscious choice to do so. Because to violate confidentiality is a choice, it means the appraiser, with equal facility, could also have chosen not to violate it. By choosing to violate the bonds and protections of confidentiality, the appraiser simultaneously chooses, of his or her own free will, to sever those bonds and abandon those protections. It is this clear choice, in the cold light of the knowledge of the benefits the confidentiality section of the ethics rule extends to the appraiser, that makes its violations so serious and its sanctions so dire. Let's consider an obvious example. You get a phone call one day from a disgruntled borrower who wants to ask you some questions about your appraisal on the house he or she is buying. That means the borrower has a copy of the appraisal report. That means he's also likely reading to it from you as you two speak on the phone. It's perfectly okay for you to acknowledge you did the appraisal. The borrower knows that because the borrower is reading the appraisal report to you over the phone. Your act of appraisal is obvious. When the borrower says, quote, the broker said it had 2,350 square feet, but you show only 1,980 square feet, unquote, you can acknowledge your square footage figures, since square footage is a fact to be found, but not the results of your analyses of the market. When the borrower says, quote, where did you come up with $45 per square foot for a size adjustment? You can't build the house for that cost, unquote. You are on a slippery slope. It's true that $45 per square foot is impossibly low for construction purposes, but you are not building the house for that cost. You're adjusting for the contribution to value of marginal square footage, in other words, the size differences, which is a figure you derive from your analyses of the market, not from a shopping trip to Home Depot. That discovery and the processes and analyses behind it are confidential. They are confidential since they were not facts to be found. Rather, they are the results of your analyses, which is what the confidentiality section of the ethics rule means to cover. From a practical standpoint, the appraiser should not respond, well, I'll call the client and ask if I have permission to speak to you, since there is nothing in USPAP putting that responsibility on your shoulders. Rather, your response should be, please call the client and ask them to call me on this issue. 
That puts the responsibility for initiative on their shoulders, the borrower's shoulders. Frankly, most people won't take the time to go to that effort, so the matter will die there. In business, many business gurus speak of owning a problem from its presentation to its solution. This is likely true, but a pissed-off borrower has nothing to do with an appraiser's business. The appraiser's business is with the lender, typically the client, not the borrower. Therefore, don't shoulder as a responsibility a problem that is not yours, nor yours to solve. Appraisers are not tech support. Appraisers are professionals, so we should treat ourselves as such, as well as demand that same treatment from our clients in the form of professional fees and receipt of professional respect. In the end, the mechanics of the confidentiality section of the ethics rule are simple. Short of a subpoena and within the boundaries of USPAP, don't communicate via any medium with anybody, under any circumstances, for any reasons, about the results of the appraisal or the appraisal report, unless and until the client gives you specific permission to do so, even if the non-client is berating you over the phone. To abandon that privilege subjects you even more to being liable to all of the other parties in Fannie Mae Certification Number 23. You're not being paid for that extended liability, so why should you assume it? In reality, you should not. Now, do you have any USPAP questions or problems? Do you need a second pair of eyes on a report just to make sure there are no obvious errors? Do you need to understand what highest and best use really means? Contact me. Get a hold of me through my website, www.theappraisersadvocate.com, or email me, Tim Anderson, at tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be a pleasure to work with you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. My best to you and all of your family. Be safe and well. Thank you. We're clear.